Hello, and welcome to today's podcast. My name is Conor Nessler, and I'm here today with Carlos Gomez. Hola, hola, hola. And Tadeo Gasparetto. Hello, everyone. Tadeo, can you tell us a little bit about today's paper? Sure. We're going to discuss today a paper that has been published this year, 2023, in the Oxford Bulletin of Economics and Statistics. The title is Dancing with the Stars, Does Playing in Elite Tournaments Affect Performance? So two authors, Ilhan Gunner and Mehdi Sarnet, both from University of Kent here in the UK. And actually, I've chosen this paper because for me, the, inter the idea was super interesting to think that the title was quite captive, plus the idea to playing with better people would impact or not. So it was nice. Yeah. But Tadeo, you told us the title of the journal. So Bulletin of Economics and Statistics. Were you a tiny bit hesitant because of statistics or was it something that intrigued you? No, it was something that motivated me to read this paper. It's like in such prestigious journal talking about sport data was something that, well, yeah, it deserves a time reading and I guess would be nice. So it was one more reason for choosing this particular paper. So, well, let's try to summarize what they want here. So they were mentioned that in economics, in social science, The scientists try to discover the effects of peer effects. So how working with highly qualified people impact the performance of the peers. So they mentioned some of these results in different settings. A single one in the sport that they mentioned that cyclists would ride faster competing against other cyclists instead of cycling alone or against the pacemaker. They say that there are evidences in education, in some lab experiments, in different other workplace. So they say that the peer effect is really difficult to identify because there is a huge endogeneity in such kind of analysis. And having a sport data would be an optimal or at least appropriate setting for doing this. So the playing in sportive tournaments increase exposure of the players, of the workers, as they call. There is an extensive data, we always say here about our papers in some economics and management journal, and also a clear definition between payoffs playing in elite and also in domestic competitions in the case of this. So they took five top leagues in Europe, And they try basically and really summarize, they try to understand whether a team that narrowly classified to UEFA Champions League performed better in the domestic league than those that narrowly lost this opportunity. So whether going to UEFA Champions League improves your performance in the domestic league. Tadeo, what do you want me to say now? It was such a nice introduction and you already mentioned several things. So. As you said, you know, they focused on the biggest leagues. Obviously, that includes the leagues from England, Spain, Germany, Italy, and France. And the data set is so unbelievable nice. So the data set ranges from 2000 to 2019. So they focus specifically on two things. First, they focus on the goal difference within the match. And if this has an influence afterwards. This is already very nice and super important. And the other one that they focus on is the margin. So the winning margin or the probability margin of winning. And what they do for this, for me as a researcher, super interesting because they use obviously betting odds and they use many different varieties of betting odds. 
they use not only one but 13 different bookmakers so this is like 13 different robustness checks that what you're doing is actually appropriate and now if you're not yet amazed by the data set i have to tell you that they're looking at more than 27000 unique football matches and what they're looking at is what has this difference to do with you if you played in the champions league so regarding the probability margin of winning and the goal difference, and then on the matches afterwards. So, Carlos, what do they find? Thank you, Tadeo and Cornell, for the discussion. I also have to say that the paper is quite complete. So the set of results is quite extensive. There's a large appendix, and the authors really look at every corner of the data and try every possible robustness check to provide us with the best possible evidence. They break down the, the results into two different parts. So the first part, the authors actually look at the effect of participating in the UEFA Champions League on team performance in the domestic league. This is what Cornell told us a little bit about. So they look at the probability of winning and the goal difference of these clubs that actually qualify for the Champions League and they compare it to these clubs that actually did not qualify. And for that, they use a regression discontinuity design to compare the teams. That is the first part. Then the second part, the authors try to understand the causal channels through which the UEFA Champions League might actually influence this performance. They basically look at two different things. They look at spillover effects and what they call team composition changes. Because when you qualify for the UEFA Champions League, teams also get some additional money. So you can pay more money to your players. You can invest in better managers. So they try to investigate a little bit these mechanisms behind the influence. Let me tell you very quickly what they find. So for the first part of the analysis, they find evidence of a positive impact of participation in Champions League and domestic league performance. So specifically, they find clubs that participate in the Champions League have 0.3 more goals per match compared to these clubs that did not qualify. And they are 10 percentage points more likely to win a match than these clubs that did not participate in the Champions League. Can I ask you, Tadeo and Carlos, was this something that you expected? On a way, yes. For me, it was not very clear why, but you know clubs that do qualify for the Champions League, although sometimes you see that these clubs also perform a bit worse later in the domestic leagues. I would say on average, most of the teams do better in the subsequent seasons, but I didn't know why would this happen. For me, the same. It's like I was expecting this result based in what we could see. But for sure, we can observe some exceptions, like Carlos says, some years that one team performed much worse in the following season in the league. But on average, was more or less the effect that I was expecting. For me, that was really interesting because I thought it was counterintuitive. I thought that maybe teams are, you know, so they have to play more matches. It's a longer season then. And also, you know, in league matches, if you play in the Champions League, maybe you're more likely to let give a few players some time that you didn't give them time in the Champions League. So I thought that we could have expected other results. So that would also make sense, right? So you also have mm -hmm. to diversify. You have like different matches. So where do you put your resources, your best players in which games? So that would also make sense. Just quickly. So these numbers that I discussed before, so they also actually take the time to prove that these are meaningful numbers So because they can impact actually the ranking positions of the teams. So these differences that we are talking about may actually matter at the end of the domestic season. And then they also account for the influence of teams that have been participating 
in the Champions League for a while, and they run all of these robustness tests. So it's quite complete first part of the analysis. And now to the second part, that to me is also quite interesting. So they focus on these mechanisms, right? Trying to prove causality why these performance differences. And they focus on proving the lack of influence of these team composition changes, right? So they focus on proving that the financial issues that come with the qualification to the Champions League don't actually matter. They find evidence that, for example, transfer spending on new players is not significant to explain these differences between the groups. They somehow find mixed evidence of the salary of players that could be partly responsible for this, right? So they see that the teams that qualify for the Champions League may pay more for some of the players. And then they even control for the changes in coaching positions, right? Changes of the coach for these teams. And the results are quite consistent. So this performance effect that we saw before, they are consistent to all of this. And because of this, they tend to argue that it's more the spillover effect which plays a role rather than these team composition changes. I could imagine that there are huge differences between the teams because, for example, in Spain, we know almost all the time it's the same three teams that are going to qualify. It's Barca, Real and Atletico. And often then you get Sevilla as well. But I think for those three teams, I cannot imagine that it has a huge influence. But this last team, you know, so it's very similar in Germany. You have Bayern Dortmund and who else is qualifying then you know for them I could imagine that financially and has far more serious or far more wide-reaching implication than for the others right mm, yeah I agree it could be there are many factors that actually can play a role into these changes in performance and also the number of teams that do qualify this has also changed over time yeah exactly it was something that I was thinking about the results later on for potential research is like how would be the results for smaller leagues you know that let's say the second tier of the European football other championships that are strong but imagine for the smaller countries that they manage to get into the group stage what would be the fact they would somehow rotate the squad just to participate in the Champions League and then have a worse performance in league or that increase, that financial increase in spending players would be enough to overcome this issue and be playing much stronger in the league. And as I'm from Brazil, I would be super happy to see something similar in South America because we have totally different market in terms that our squads are being changed constantly. So our best players are being sold to Europe quite often. So perhaps to participate in the Libertadores there could have a totally different effect in the short and long term. And for me, it's also quite interesting, the results, that it might be the, the spillover effect, what matters most. But what is it exactly, right? So the authors at the very end of the paper, they give some ideas that could be, do these teams actually prepare better at the beginning of the season because they're going to have more competitions? This physical fitness may play a role. Is it because the players are more motivating because they are engaging in this world-class competition? It is because they learn new skills playing against these strong opponents? We don't know. That is something I can imagine will attract future research and I'm uh, very excited to see what this gets. Connell, Tadeo, thank you very much. This is everything for today's podcast. Thank you for listening to the weekly sports piece. Stay tuned. <laughs>